Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Scene and Nerd, recovering Mr. Robot this time around, and I'm joined by a friend maybe you guys haven't seen in a while. Her name's Akira, and she's the host of the Mr. Robot podcast. So, uh, Akira, welcome to the program again. Thanks for having me on. Um, just yeah, I just finished watching the episode again, collect, recollect my thoughts, and yeah, we're just approaching the last couple of episodes, so it's like, all right. Trying to make sense of whatever information that we get, right. answer more questions. So it's pretty much part of the usual right now. Yeah, like I know, I don't know if you're listening, but me and Sarah have been kind of complaining about um, it being like not really boring, just like mm-hmm. there's some kind of a lull in the season, I think, right now. But this episode, oh man, I'm so sad Sarah can't make it because it was intense. So much. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, yeah, I talked to Sarah off and on throughout the season. And I know that she's been saying that, um, you know, that emotional connection with Elliot, that she's not really feeling it this season. Um, and reading a couple of other reviews too. I know some people have been saying that this season feels a little slow for them. They're not feeling like that intense. Um, I guess that sense of urgency that they, that was in season one, they're not really feeling right now. Um, but, I mean, I mean, I can understand where that comes from, where that comes from. But I guess also, I guess for me, I've kind of been saying, I guess saying from the beginning, or at least knowing what information Sam has told us leading into season two, of what we could expect. For me, it's kind of like, okay, well, Sam told us what to expect so far. He seems to be delivering, and um, almost, I think I kind of prepared myself to think of season two as something completely that will stand on its own and still be able to connect with season one but you know kind of expecting kind of expect a season two to be its own animal uh, you know with ties to season def- one but yeah you know. it definitely yeah, feels that- different mm-hmm. i think it's because like um there's more t- i think what maybe sam has been wanted to do is say that there's more to mr robot than just the audience's relationship to elliot so i i'm kind of enjoying season two as like it's kind of a a lot bigger in scope in terms of like the cast of characters in their own really interesting like story arcs and stuff like that so but mm-hmm. i definitely feel like this episode really like ramped up the drama and everything's kind of um flowing into each other all the different storylines so just overall what was your first impression or second impression i guess if you watched it again the um the episode as a whole uh, the episode as a whole, um, pretty much first impression, um, since we're definitely getting into the setting up of the end game of season two, I I remember tweeting about this the day of the first airing, and I'm tweeting about how, all right, we're at that point of the season where I, whenever I do watch um, first airings of Mr. Robot episodes, I'm literally standing in front of my TV watching it. I can't sit down now. It's getting much more intense than I'm just standing in front of my TV and once it goes to commercial, I'm pacing around the room trying to make sense of whatever it is I just saw. Um, that's why commercials are built in, you know what I'm saying? Like, if that you, like that's I take it as like an opportunity to like be like, okay, what is happening right now? Where is this going? So, exactly. I don't know how you feel about commercials. <laughs> um, no, I, I take, yeah, I don't really gripe that much about commercials. I mean, sometimes um, you do have moments where you just want to get, get past the commercial and go to what's next. But for a show like Mr. Robot, where there is so much information that's presented to you verbally, non-verbally, you do, I mean, I take advantage of the commercial breaks to just try to process r- really quickly whatever it was I just saw. And then, um, 
a couple of days after, you know, maybe sometime leading in between the next time I'll sit down and watch it again or stand up and watch it again. Um, just to make more sense of it. What I, what did I see to keep in mind? What did I see in previous episodes and trying to connect dots any way that I can. So it's, yeah, yeah. still living up to the par. I know this, uh, Sam is continuing as far as I'm concerned to, to deliver on what he's promised and more. Um, so I'm just looking forward to seeing what more information we're going to get. We got some answers and of course we have more questions. Oh my God. So many more questions. Let's, um, yeah, let's just dive into the episode. So it started out with this whole uh, sequence of events where we know exactly what happened to Elliot after the knock at the door from season one. Um, at this point, we already know though, that Elliot went to jail and he revealed to his friend which is us um mm-hmm. that he's been lying to us the whole time were you surprised that they turned the knock at the end of season one into it was the police it wasn't like tyrell that a lot of people were expecting um were you surprised by by that or did you kind of see it coming ever since we found out he was in jail it's definitely the latter um ever since we were re- ever since it was revealed to us that he was in jail it's pretty much okay well that who else could it be? It had to have been the cops, the authorities coming at his door. Um, I know that a lot of people were just wondering, okay, well, if it is the cops, then what exactly was he going to be going to jail for? Um, and a lot of people did speculate that it had to be um, Lenny with regards to the dog and the hacking and everything. And so I wasn't surprised that it turned out being the cops because who else could it be? Exactly, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you just kind of have to just go with it. So, um, and then the thing though, with uh, the reason why he went to why he went to jail in the first place, you're listening to um, the lawyer talk to Elliot. And it's just, well, yeah, the, you know, the hacking charges. Yeah, we can try to get that knocked down, though. The the fact that you stole his dog. I don't know if we can, you know, the guy's being a real hard on about that one. And (laughs) And it's just, I'm just serious. I'm pretty much just almost rolling my eyes to the point where they're about to roll out of their sockets at that because you know at season one the finale it's just lenny please you didn't give a wait i'm allowed to curse right oh absolutely it's (laughs) i encourage it really all right yeah so with the season finale it's like i'm yelling at the tv when he's like he stole my dog and i'm like you didn't give a shit about the dog so like have several seats i mean he's so petty about it where he's like he's really focused on on the dog i'm not sure why and oh man i was just cracking up so hard (laughs) so i mean it's like all right yeah so you finally got him and okay he's gonna he's gonna end up going away for 18 months and everything but with that whole scene of elliot saying yes i'm guilty and you see mr robot coming um on the on the uh screen in front of the judge saying what are you doing and, um, yeah, I mean, I think we can definitely see that as the moment that Elliot just decided, okay, uh, this has got to be the time that I disconnect myself from everything, including Mr. Robot. So, um, and then also us as well, because um, at that point, remember, he's mad at us because we didn't reveal to him that, hey, you know, Mr. Robot. Yeah, that whole thing. Um, yeah, we were we were kept quiet the whole time that we all knew it was not it was him the whole time. So yeah, I just I don't know. Maybe it was just from my perspective. I, I see what you're saying, but did we really need to see that whole sequence of him like going into jail and seeing everyone's like um, 
real world like counterparts you know Mm -hmm. in his in his narrative that he made up uh, for us while he was in jail i thought it was a little redundant although it was nice seeing ray again and now he's not dead (laughs) he's just the warden there um why do you think that they kept all that in was it just to help the audience kind of remember where he's coming from or do you think it really played an important part in elliot's narrative uh, I think that it, um, knowing this show is that everything that I always keep in mind is that everything that we see is there for a reason. So Sam obviously knew that as an audience, we were going to have questions after that reveal was done. Okay, well, who was Ray actually? Who was this guy? What was this whole scenario? So before we see that, we knew that Elliot told us, you know, everything that you did see was true. But I didn't really, at this point, let you in on what my, you know, what was Ray's real role, you know, role to me in this, in the real situation. So I think that it was definitely important for us to get those answers to know that Ray ended up being a warden, that Lone Star ended up being just one of the dirty cops in the system. And um, I think if anything, it was kind of a way to give us the closure to that whole scenario after the reveal and then also um, going into the choice of music um, with that whole with that whole sequence, when, you know, when they're playing Depeche Mode, "Walking in My Shoes," oh, yeah. I think, uh, which again, this show and Sam's choice of music, spot on. And I think that that definitely um, helps us to under helps us to understand as much as we can what Elliot's situation is and what he's going through. And I think that the lyrics of that song were what we did here. Where he's saying, you know, I, or I'm not asking you for to forgive me or anything, you know, but it's like, you know, try understand, you know, try to understand a little bit where I'm coming from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's also in his defense, he is still trying to make heads or tails of this too. So, in that sense, we're right there along with him to some degree of trying to make heads or tails of it along with him at that point. Um, so I yeah. think that we did need to see it. Yeah, I think. Um... Definitely Elliot is, he has no idea or he cannot really grasp like what he changed in his time away. I think it, they said like um, like 86 days or something like that. So not even his full sentence, but um, in just that short amount of time, he missed all of the consequences of what him and Tyrell did. And I think um, that's such a fun way <laughs> to have him enter the, enter the storyline that the rest of the audience knows with F Society and hopefully moving towards his story or their, their storyline with Angela. Um, yeah. Going back to what you said though about music choice, I want to believe that Sam Esmail he he has a huge like record library or like some type of like even a digital library. And mm-hmm. if he wants to go for a certain emotion for a scene, he picks a certain song, and that's how it gets into the show. I like it. Everything seems so like completely connected in 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 terms of word and tone um mm-hmm. when when it comes to the music choice in the show and i thought it was funny that they even had the advertisement for the soundtrack um this uh this episode i haven't seen it before yet but yeah. um yeah do you think that do you think maybe like music is such is is important to like writing an episode like we're thinking about it outside of mr robot but like do you find yourself using music like when you're doing creative endeavors um, I do. I think that music um, music definitely plays a key part. And I think that 
I would definitely also say that Sam takes it a step further because it's not just a song to just, you know, have playing and just to have, you know, just to have music playing for the sake of music. Um, there's a key, um, a key choice for why, why this particular song, you know, setting this mood or maybe helping to um, understand what a character's mindset or something or the setting the tone for it. So Sam definitely takes it a step further and, you know, ever since season one, you know, I'm always compiling the songs of what's been played and everything. And then pretty much anytime I'm listening to music, um, you can definitely now catch me listening to um, music from this music from the show. Um, so, yeah, I need definitely I, to I, pick I, up that soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. So well, good. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I'm all, yeah, every episode I'm always um use either using Shazam or whatever upload um, uploading a playlist on on um, YouTube or also Spotify so I'll, I'll always be tweeting out at the end of every episode okay I updated the playlist if you guys want to listen to the songs or whatever um, but yeah um, I would not be surprised if Sam has this huge music library digital or actual physical I would not be surprised in fact I'm like uh, you got any like I know you have more, but um, what are some other stuff that you're listening into? Particularly, I'm interested if you know what music choices he's listening to as he's writing the show. Like, yeah. is there are there, are there any other songs in addition to what ends up in the show that kind of helps him throughout the writing process? But um, yeah, I mean, kudos to Sam on the music choices and just keep it coming. Yeah, de- definitely. And um, well, gearing back towards the episode, we see that. Um, Elliot and Mr. Robot, they feel like they had a, they forged a partnership. That's what I like to say now. But there's still some level of disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of see Elliot like um, being removed from um, like a conversation, and he just all of a sudden sees Mr. Robot talking to the other characters, and he he can't hear what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? Well, so far, Mr. Robot sounds concerned about him and Elliot being like overheated is what he says, I think, and mm-hmm. not feeling in the right mind. And um, I sensed something um, after the scene in the train where it seems like Elliot was being locked out of the conversation um, with Cisco when Mr. Robot was talking with Cisco on the train. Do you think that Mr. Robot is still manipulating Elliot or is Elliot keeping himself out of key conversations for some reason? Um... I'm or what are your fence. theories on it? <laughs> I'm on the fence with that, really. I mean, because I can see, I can see that from both perspectives, but also kind of keep kind of trying to understand the whole um, the concept of NF five and everything. That's supposed to be where um, everything is essentially back to normal. Um, you're in, you know, you're out of recovery. You're essentially up and running um, as you, you know, computer systems supposed to be up and running as it regularly right, would. Right. And like, you know, Elliot mentions that you reestablish connections and everything, but it's really interesting to note, or at least to think about it in that sense, because he basically kind of reprogrammed himself while he was in prison, where he was away from everything and having to now reestablish himself or reconnect with everyone else, um, returning to the world as he left it. Um, Just kind of interesting to see how trying to restore to that, trying to come back to that sense of normalcy in which he said there is no normal. So I think the way, maybe with the way that he has reprogrammed himself and trying to reestablish those connections, I think that there is still that disconnect in terms of um, him reestablishing those connections because also 
he's coming into contact with Darlene again. And that puts me, I'm always thinking in the back of my head, okay, with Darlene and Elliot, um, where Angela mentions in season one, well, Elliot was doing just fine until you showed up. And then all of a sudden he started kind of, I guess, I guess we could say retreating or just not being his as normal self as he could be. Right. Right. So, and I've also had a question that really, um, that has me questioning really with Darlene, like what, um, just how, you know, she can be around him and then something will happen, you know, even back to that scene in season two where, um, during the end of one opening, opening, uh, sequence where she makes him put on the, she makes him put on the jacket and the mask. And then all of a sudden we see Elliot kind of morphing into Mr. Robot before right. our eyes. So you're just wondering, okay, like, what is the deal there? Like, does she have, like, you know, there's some sort of, maybe there's some sort of manipulation on Darlene's part with Elliot. So, um, yeah, because, you know, she brought the movie over, they wanted to watch it, or like, she wanted to watch it with him. And it's, it's almost like she was so shocked about because I from I remember that scene, she was shocked that Elliot was spouting all these things about how um, they can take down E Corp and this like that. And she seemed shocked. But like, I think there's some truth to what you're saying that maybe there was a little bit of a nudge from her part to kind of tap into this um, like alternate persona, you know, even if it means putting on a physical jacket and and putting on a persona, some type of thing like that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there definitely could be something to that too. But um, I mean, yeah, Elliot, um, with this whole company trying to come back to the um, back to the back to reality. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I don't think that there. I mean, I think that he's starting to realize, as I think we are as well, that there really is no going back to normal because what right. was normal for him to begin with. I mean, maybe. I mean, not even prison was normal for him, even though he was away from everything and using his mom um, as a coping mechanism for that. So I want to uh, know what Elliot was expecting when he got out of prison. Like mm-hmm. he didn't really reveal what his like what his plan was getting out of prison or what he was just ex- you know expecting to do. Like he you know, he obviously was going to see Darlene and then he wanted mm-hmm. to go visit his mom. And I wonder if he was ready to forge these kind of new um, relationships with his family because he's almost like Barry the Axe with Mr. Robot a little bit. So, but now he's thrown into this whole tussle with F Society and everything that they're trying to accomplish. So, I don't know. It's it it's it's strange for sure. There is no normal for Elliot, and right. um, I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, this kind of disconnect still between him and Mr. Robot and how that plays out through the rest of the season. Um, switching right. gears real quick though to Angela, or did you want to mention anything else about Elliot you liked this episode? Yeah. Um, well also, <clears throat> so also with, um, with respects to kind of Elliot coming back to reality, um, I don't think that he, um, I don't think that he was expecting to come back and finding F society completely, um, deteriorating to the extent that they are um and then of course also remember remembering what happened in last week's episode with what between darlene and uh susan jacobs so it's pretty much like okay um i yeah you were handling it but seriously did it have to get to this level so it's almost like um again trying to move forward with like other things happening in the plan that maybe weren't supposed to happen so it's like, okay, how do we 
move forward, navigate through this, stay on task, but still continue, you know, make sure that we're covering ourselves, that we don't get caught right, in right. light of new stuff that's going on. Um, so, but yeah, it is, it will be interesting to watch because it's been, at this point, it's been a month since the whole, uh, Susan Jacobs thing. So, and, um, oh, Susan, I got stuff about Susan coming up, but we'll save that for later. Yeah. But it is pretty interesting. And, um, on more than one occasion in this episode, um, she's, um, Dar- Darlene has mentioned to Elliot when they're in the, um, hospice, um, for his mom, oh, we're trying to lose our tail. And then Cisco saying, you know, the feds are looking for you, not me. So, yeah. So I was like, okay, keep that in mind. I was like, oh, keep man. that in mind. <laughs> it's poor, poor Cisco. He is, <laughs> I don't know if you follow like um, the DC, like CW universe, but we even say that for like the Flash, like, oh, poor Cisco. And so <laughs> he's like, the, the, this name Cisco just keeps following along and he's just kind of running into the wrong situations. Poor guy. Um, yeah. Or not poor guy. I don't know. He works for the Dark Army. Do we like him? Anyway, um, yeah. Um, speaking not speaking of, but switching over to um, another character that's been getting a lot of, um, you know, a spotlight on her recently, and that's uh, Angela's storyline and how apparently she's like a super spy now. She's a super corporate spy and a whistleblower all of a sudden. Um, I feel like she's gotten a real taste for high adrenaline situations. Mm-hmm. You know, she was like one uh, little uh, skill role, you know, like <laughs> diving from cubicle to cubicle. Uh, she was one role short of being a super spy. But um, she has uh, the little rubber ducky still, and she used the opportunity to pull some files uh, um, on eCorp about the whole um, like factory situation and how it's affected um like uh hundreds of thousands of families and this like that so she ends up bringing all this information uh to the authorities but um she senses when she was walking away with that lady that there's something not right here because they're asking too many questions about her um right yeah this whole uh this all culminated to the encounter with agent dom at uh angela's place and dom even revealed that she's been monitoring angela the whole time do you think, um, well, I guess, first of all, how do you see this, like, relationship shaking out through the rest of the season? Because I don't think Angela would give up Elliot or Darlene, but I'm. it's a pretty safe bet that Dom's going to get to F Society through whatever means. Like, that's how their, their storylines are going to cross. Um, do you think it's going to be through Angela or through some other means that Angela um, kind of, like, reveals to her or something um i don't know i don't angela continues to just baffle me but in the best way possible um this whole season um every episode i swear you figure out you may kind of understand where she's going but then again she does something right maybe the next five minutes that makes you think okay maybe not um yeah with angela um i mean i Definitely, we can say that her relationship with uh, Darlene and Elliot essentially has changed, and it's still pretty it's still pretty rocky because you see instances where she seems to make, um, you know, her and Elliot seem to kind of resolve whatever it was that was going on between them. You know, like that kind of, you know, why are you pushing me away? I could be a friend. You know, we're still friends and everything. But then uh, once. Darlene comes into play with the whole femme to sell thing. Um, 
it's again kind of shaking her and making her realize that, wait a minute, you guys were using me, finding out about the all safe CD and everything. Um, but technically that was the dark army, you know, using her. I mean, they just, the dark army just happened to Cisco again, just happened to find the one per the one weak person to take the bait. Um, (laughs) so yeah. So on that end, I could say that that was kind of, that that may be kind of unfair to, of Angela to kind of just assume that, um, well, you can't really, well, yeah, essentially in some ways F society was using her to plant the femtocell to that extent, but um, I feel like Angela, once again, with that whole femtocell and then leading up to um, the whole rubber ducky, like she somehow ends up finding herself in this position to be the one to essentially help F society and the Dark Army get whatever information it is that they need. Because in season one, she was the one that planted the CD to help um, to help the Dark Army realize right. that Gideon uh, and installed the honeypot. And then here with the femtocell, she, with season two, she's the one that plants the femtocell so that not only can F society get the information on the FBI, but also we know that the Dark Army did something to the femtocell or we are being led to believe that they did something to the femtocell so that they can get the information too because the Dark Army has just as much at stake in this right, right. now as F society. So, um, and she's just always in the right place at the right time for them. <laughs> for real. I mean, just to be able to be the one to be like, all right, you're like the least suspecting one. No one's going to believe you that you would have like the know how to do this stuff. Um, but Agent she... Dom sniffed it out. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, but will she kind of, t- will she turn on Darlene and Elliot? I want, to, at this point, I want to say no. I mean, because we still see some resolve in her to kind of just, see whatever her personal mission is um and then but yeah i mean she's definitely kind of stumbling along with it as she goes but um i mean yeah but we know dom is not gonna give up i mean dom is essentially kind of taking this okay well obviously i can't get i can't break this case from top down so it's got to be from the bottom up and we know that's, and she reveals that um, Ollie basically blabbed about the CD the first chance he got. <laughs> Why no, am I not surprised? <laughs> exactly, I'm like, no surprise there. Um, and then also knowing that uh, Dom's been having Angela tracked for that whole time, so you're like, even to the uh, nuclear commissions um, building that uh, that Angela yeah. went to. So you're thinking, so that also leads you to believe that okay, if you've been having her tail this whole time. It's a possibility that you had that you knew that she went to Susan Jacobs' house and everything. So mm-hmm. right, yeah. Well, she shook off a tail though because she was being instructed by Darlene. So there's a possibility mm-hmm. that that she wasn't followed by the FBI just because they made sure that she took a route that she wasn't being followed. But I mean, you can't rule it out at at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So far, but I definitely think like as careful as they as they want them, as they try to be, there have definitely been some slip ups there. you know, like some, some of these slips up, some of the slip ups are like, are like, seriously, why did you not think about that? Like the VHS, like the VHS. Tape, right. Like, I was uh, just going to mention. Remember, yeah. Right? Yeah. But then also, I guess sometimes, um, it's, I hate to say kind of natural, I guess, for them to forget about something like the VHS tape because Darlene did just kill somebody. So trying to get rid of that body was like the main, I guess, the first thing on her mind to think, oh, wait, there was a VHS tape because she didn't even realize it until she was watching, um, until she was listening in and paying attention to TV while listening in to, um, uh, to, um, Shun? Shun's, yeah. 
I hope I'm pronouncing that right. X-U-N. I think it's Shun. Okay. Um, But yeah, she didn't even, it didn't even occur to her then. And you're just like, Darlene, it's been a month. How could that just now be coming up to your head? Um, Yeah, she's, I, 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 were you surprised that somebody mentioned that it's been a month? I feel like it's been like three days since that happened. Um, no, I'm not surprised that, that it has been a month. Um, I mean, cause I mean, you figure out the 86 days. So you're just like, all right, August 6th, more or less. So yeah, the, so that whole timing seems to be about right. Um, and then also thinking back to when Darlene put that, um, out of, um, established that I'm out of office thing for Susan Jacobs. Oh, right, right. Uh, I believe that she only, stated i think like maybe for the month of july i think i want to say it was up until july 27th i'll have to go back and yeah check. yeah it was just towards the end of july yeah so that kind of leaves me wondering that okay at this point somebody has had to maybe start asking some questions I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if dom is kind of on this is on the you know sniffing around and figuring things out on that end as well but yeah with dom Dom is definitely going to eventually connect the dots because what we've seen of her so far, Dom is not stupid. Um, so she, and she's very creative and disar- very creative in how she's able to disarm people in order to get whatever information that she needs. Um, Mobley, I know. yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was just gonna say, like, the next time I want information on somebody, I'm just gonna bring like a, a euro over and be like, here you go. <laughs> Tell me all you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, with, um, yeah, but then also also with, um, watching Dom and Angela, I'm somehow also wondering, like, okay, um, essentially with, you know, with Dom, all right, is her end goal basically to solve this with the FBI? I'm still also trying to figure out, okay, her backstory as well, you know, she just said, well, well, we what what we know of her backstory, and it's just wondering. Okay, obviously we know that there are definitely some areas, some holes in the story that we do not know of yet. So, yeah, it's really hard to put this to put this puzzle together. But anything is yeah. possible at this point. I exactly. Hate, <laughs> I, I hate, oh sorry, like I hate feeling that that's like that's your go to safe answer, but. I mean, yeah, that's what I got so far. No, like, that's that's how the show is. Like, um, we, we've seen, like, twists and turns and, and people and, like, um, you know, reveal things that we didn't know that they knew and things like that. So that's just how it is in Mr. Robot. Um, oh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, um, I just wanted to say I, I wish that they, they keep Agent dom and angela like every single episode from now on always interacting in some way um just kind of pressuring angela to kind of you know spill the beans to her i because i really really like that that confrontation in um angela's house where Mm -hmm. um she kind of like pinned down angela and she knew that she wasn't going to tell her anything now but she's kind of like setting the seeds to be like i am yours i'm your way out if you ever want to stop feeling like you're running or you're running really fast in place or something like that. So I really want to see more interactions from them in that level of intensity, like catch Angela at work in the middle of, I don't know, working for F to or something like that. And just having that really intense, like, uh, like stare down kind of thing. Cause I, I think it really worked. Cause I didn't really know 
how um, Agent Dom was going to interact with the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this episode really pinpointed my like desire for Agent Dom and Angela to really interact for the rest of the series or, or the season, I guess, or series. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Oh, definitely. I think so, too, because um, I remember reading about Dom beforehand. And then there was a lot of talk about how her char- her story, how Dom's storyline wasn't really dependent on the other characters. But of course, we would have to see her interact with the other characters as well. So I'm definitely curious to see how this is going to play out. Um, is her drive essentially still the same toward going, getting towards the end of the season as it was towards the as it was in the beginning? And um, knowing again that she had Angela tailed, like I mean, for all we know, I think that she definitely has connected a good majority of the dots, especially with having Angela tailed. I think it's safe to say that. She knows that um, that Angela went to go visit Elliot, um, so I'm pretty sure she has information on him as well. So it's just, I mean, for me, really with Dom, it's mostly like me just waiting for her to reveal like, all right, what do you know already? Because I'm just, you know, I mean, you got to assume that she knows a lot at this point, but it's just waiting for her to reveal it, like kind of that whole thing about like you're in this and you're you're in this really intense cards game, and it's, but it's also like playing your hand very well, which is what I think that Dom is doing at this point. Essentially, I think what everyone is trying to do when they're interacting with Dom is like, wait a minute, because there's this card, also this card's reference of Dom telling Angela, you still have one more hand to play. Right, So, yeah, yeah so that's, that's pretty much what I'm looking at thus far going on. But I definitely hope that there will be more interactions between Dom and Angela because some pretty tense moments there because you're just wondering, okay... What does she, what exactly does she have on her? And it's a nice then, um, like peek into like the mind of how Agent Dom works as like as an as um, as an agent. Like she's mm-hmm. not the type of person to really she can use intimidation tactics in a sense, but um, she can also you know play her hand like wisely and not be so aggressive like how she worked with Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's what's really neat is that <laughs> Agent Dom she's like the like culmination of everything you don't want as like somebody who doesn't want to get caught she's smart she doesn't have any friends <laughs> and um and, uh, indicative of the social the the um, how to be better at like social interactions app that she had and that she was looking for a barbecue i guess to try to uh have fun and then um, she didn't have any plans for fourth of july and that she doesn't sleep <laughs> i think we kind of forget that she doesn't sleep at all like poor girl she like sleeps like an hour a day or something like that so yeah she yeah, is pretty, tenacious for sure very much so like this case is pretty much um her her driving force right now so um yeah i mean i find myself at many points throughout the throughout the show this season where i am i'm on the fence where i'm sometimes cheering for dom to find this for find out things but then i'm also like no don't find you know like <laughs> i want society to, or and dark army to kind of cut her off and not find anything not you know, kind of just put holes, um, you know, put fire, put blocks in front of her where she can't figure out anything at all. But knowing Dom, she's not going to let it go until she figures it out. Yeah, they almost took her out. So yeah. it's interesting. Um, shifting gears real quick again. Uh, another intense interaction this episode was definitely the conversation between White Rose and uh, Philip Price. Um, yes. What a... What a scene. It was so um, simple, too, because we see a lot of, like, interaction between characters, like, either in a crowded apartment 
or like uh, walking down the street where there's always noise going on and there's like bright lights everywhere. The scene between White Rose and Philip Price, they really wanted you to narrow into their performance because it was just them holding umbrellas at an like at a like a little I guess a like a park that was so plain looking. It was overlooking water and it was overcast. There was nothing to distract you. You were zeroed in on these two characters, really just trying to go at it, not really go at each other, but conduct themselves in a manner of who is going to have the upper hand in their relationship. Um, man, like we, we kind of, it was revealed a little earlier that White Rose uh, had to actually take out the old CEO of, mm-hmm. of E-Corp. Do you think we're going to see a dead price at the end of the season? How do you think this is, this relationship's going to like pan out, like in terms of moving towards stage two? Well, we, again, with learning that information from White Rose that she did have the uh, former CEO uh, killed off. Right. Um, we, we obviously know that White Rose is not one to mess around with and she will play that, and she will play that card if she has to. Um, and she did say that she was feeling inclined to make that same move again. Um, however, Philip Price beat her to the punch, essentially. But only for, I think, only for a certain extent. I think that Philip Price is only just kind of like revealing himself to be in a situation where he is of, he's of more value to her alive than he is dead. Um, cause there is something that she wants. She wants that plant to stay open and price is saying, well, you need this. I need this too, but neither of us are going to get what we want if we're, you know, unless we work together. So it's, just, it's pretty much for me that they're in a situation where they're forced to continue working together. Um, because he's saying that, and I think Philip price is telling white Rose, that he knows the type of person that she is. He um, he knows that she can have him killed, but he is at this point where he essentially doesn't care. Um, I think because, I, yeah, I mean, that's just ballsy of him to just say that he's that mercenary where you can try and you can try and come at me, but I will come at you just as hard. But for me, I'm watching that and I'm thinking, are you sure you want to do that with White Rose? <laughs> oh. You know, uh, we had these two powerful forces really clash in such a dramatic way this episode. It was it was so neat to see them just hold a conversation. It wasn't even like five minutes. I thought it was also fun how he um, kind of flipped the whole um, limited time kind of capability and how, um, you know, he said, oh, I'm out of time right now. So then he leaves. He kind of threw it at White Rose's face. Um, yes. I thought that was kind of a, a neat and really cool um line for price because that really solidifies him as him and white rose being equals whereas i kind of always saw white rose as pulling the strings and philip price just has to go along with the plan definitely and then also um with this season there's also been on this chess this chess metaphor going on throughout the season where who's playing who who's the pawn um i also i saw that Definitely saw the chess metaphor there, but I've also started to wonder as the season progresses, like are people's where you might try to tie, you know, one character to a specific chess piece. You might say, oh, this person's a pawn or this person might be the bishop or this person might be the queen. Um, sometimes now, like getting towards the end of the season, I'm also now wondering, OK, is it possible that people's roles in relation to the chess pieces that they are representing change 
it can change throughout the season. And with Philip Price, I mean, he has revealed to himself that to why Rose, there are things that you need done, but you cannot get this done without me. I'm a much of a, I'm a value to you alive than I am dead. And if you try to get rid of me, you'll just have chaos on your hands. And I know that you hate chaos. You know, this right. will put, um, this will completely go against everything that you want, which is decorum and order. You want things to be done on a certain timeline. You get rid of me. That's not going to happen. There are other things that you want um, that, you know, and he's even saying that if you, if China offers us the money and I can help get, you know, I can help keep the plant away from the federal government, but then I can also get to the president's desk. That led me back to think on um, that line that of White Rose saying, you know, you assured me that the UN vote would be secure and everything. So obviously, I mean, I'm thinking that there's a lot more to this than just the, than just the Washington township plant at play here. But um, I mean, that, that power role, the, that power match between these two is definitely, it definitely is one to keep your eye on. And um, on some level, I also want to say that maybe to a certain extent, I think that white Rose and Joanna have that similar mindset where you, when you're vulnerable, you show that you're strong. And when you're strong, you show a little bit of vulnerability. Um, Cause As like I, a manipulation know, tactic or. Yeah, I think so, because we, you know, because with White Rose, we said, you know, we saw her um, revealing to Philip, like, you know, wait, you're doing the same thing as your predecessor did, you know, and saying, well, the next time you, um, you know, okay, I'll go along with what you want. But the next time you threaten my plant, um, you know, her plant, I think that was definitely, I think that you could say, you could see that that was her playing that type of manipulation, showing, all right, I'll give into what you want, but... Don't try me like that again. Um, yeah, and it was important for White Rose to say that to Philip because I think um, White Rose n- knew that Philip Price put him in a in an uncomfortable position where he had to like let go of some power in that relationship. Also, I've, the same could be said for White Rose because uh, Price told her, "Well, that shootout that you had that put a damper on the whole bailout." on the bailout vote and our um, financial stress tests and everything. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, that might be it, but there probably were other factors as well. But of course that definitely played, um, but of course that played a big, a big part in it. So, man, I, I can just Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I could just hope that Philip Price on some level, you know what you're doing, but White Rose, I would not want to. I would not want to be on her bad side. Yeah, definitely coming out of the gate, or not out of the gate, but going into season two, like White Rose is definitely one of my favorite um, new characters for sure. And I hope that this isn't just a one-shot season for White Rose; that it continues through the next couple of seasons. But we'll have to see, right? Um, yeah, well, I, I definitely think that we're gonna see more of White Rose. Um, because we still, we now have questions about, okay, what is it with this plant that, you know, that so you are, important. that you are hanging on to so much? Um, I mean, maybe going to getting into the finale, we might start getting some answers, which will then lead to more questions. But I'm um, definitely, but I think that we'll see a lot, that we have a lot more to see of White Rose. We're not done with her yet. I swear to God, if this season ends with a knock at White Rose's door and then it cuts to black, I'm just going to like flip my table <laughs> not out of anger but just out of like what the fuck <laughs> I, I don't know I'm, yeah. what's up with everyone, knocking 
<laughs> Everyone is now joking with the knocks at the doors. Um, so. We should decipher the way that they knock the doors, like, is a uh, Morse code for some letter, which might lead to something or something like that. That'd be so funny. I've um, seen people on Reddit um, talk about that, that there is some sort of either binary or Morse code going on with the knocks. Because um, I I mean, I'll, I've at some point taken a tried to listen to the knocks at different points in the season. I'm like, wait, does that sound? Okay, do the knocks sound the same? Are there some differences there? I mean, but I mean, some people are going into a lot more detail on that than I am. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, there's probably some sort of code there, but that's kind of where I leave it to um, yeah. everyone on Reddit, anyone that knows binary and everything. Yeah, you guys figure that out. Yeah. Go ahead. If you figure that out, then I'll jump. Then I'll take whatever information you give and then try to try to analyze it in any way that I can. But yeah. Um, this episode had a knock at the door, and that's with uh, Darlene. Yeah. Um, do you think it's going to be the feds? Or do you think it's... I think it's going to be the Dark Army coming at her. Um, It could be. I mean... It could be the Dark Army. Um, you never know. I mean, because at this point, even with Cisco, it's like, for real, Cisco, you're talking about how I don't, you know, if they find out that I'm behind this and all that, then uh, I don't know. But sometimes, really, with these knock at the doors, I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to stop trying to guess. You know, <laughs> it'll be revealed eventually. <laughs> so. I love how that's the same kind of, um, not a motif. I feel like that kind of cheapens the emotion that you get from it but it for lack of a better word motif that it repeats not only um since the season one finale but throughout the entire um uh season two so far there's been multiple instances of them kind of echoing that same knock at the door what can it be so um it's true but also with the knock with the knock of who was at elliot's door they essentially gave us the answer before it was revealed so. right that's true that's true yeah. Uh, switching gears though, real quick. Um, we mentioned Cisco and mm-hmm. uh, how a uh, p- poor guy he has to go get a tape <laughs> for Darling because she left it back at Susan's house. So he yeah. goes over there and grabs it. Um, he, luckily, he finds it right away. But what does he find towards the end of that scene? He hears like I don't know if you heard it or if I was mishearing it, but I heard so- like sounds of like faint like labored breathing. Yeah. And he kind of walks over slowly and with a shocked face looks over the couch or the table or something. And we don't see what it is. Um, are we to believe it's Susan somehow alive after like a month or something? Or who uh, who or what do you think um, Cisco sees in that scene? Um, I doubt it's Susan. I mean, yeah, you shove a body month. in. <laughs> into an incinerator but oh i totally I, forgot about that <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know i mean i don't know this, again, with the show where it's like endless possibilities of who it could be um you're wondering could it be mobley or trenton could it be any one of the newer f society members who had gone to dc and just, you know decided to come back could it be one of them um could it be Tyrell? Who knows? Uh, I can't believe know. I forgot but, they blew up her body at the dog shelter. That's so funny. How could you forget that? That was some traumatizing shit. It was, see, it was so traumatizing, I blocked it from my memory. Right? Mr. Robot was watching that scene, not me. I was locked in the room next door. You were in your 90s uh, sitcom, you know, protective space. Happy place. Right, right. I was driving down in front of a green screen with my family. With Alf. Oh, with Alf. Yeah, exactly. Man, um, I, I like the idea of, of it maybe being Tyrell, but 
I just really want to know where Tyrell is. That wouldn't really make too much sense if it was Tyrell. Unless they explained yeah. the hell out of it. So Yeah, um, so I mean I don't know. I mean some I mean sometimes even with me it's like, all right, who in trying to answer some of these questions, like sometimes I'll kind of make two separate lists where I'll say, okay, well, these are your obvious choices. But then again, here are your not so obvious choices that could throw you again, try to throw you for the loop there. So, I mean, it could be a number of people really. Um, could be Leon. No, he's still locked up, right? Uh, we can assume that Leon is still locked up. Um, but yeah, I mean, given what we know of Leon, I mean, I don't know if Leon will have, you know, Leon can take care of himself. I'll say, yeah, he can hold his own for sure. <laughs> so, um, that being said, though, I mean, I would love to see more Leon. Um, loved his character. Um, I want to like a spinoff of like a like a like an action kind of TV show with Leon just going around and being a ninja, like stabbing people, you know, like protecting other people that uh, Dark Army likes in prisons. That'd be kind of funny. Like his job is to get incarcerated and like be put in prison and jail just to protect mm-hmm. certain people. That'd be kind of funny. But then, yeah, but then also, I mean, I don't know. Like, really, who could it be? I mean. It's, it's, always, no, I'm just it's, not, it's just a question also of wondering like who exactly was tailing that house you know could it have just been f society could it have been also mr sutherland and joanna also keeping an eye on f society as well because i mean i don't know mr sutherland and joanna together they're an interesting combination those two <laughs> so you know which kind of i guess segues into uh that final moment between um Elliot and Joe and Elliot and Joanna again. Yeah. Um Damn. What a I wasn't expecting for Joanna to kind of show up and and greet Elliot at, at his house. What do you think that conversation is gonna be? Like it's time to meet Tyrell, or do you think it's gonna be more like, do you know where he is? Blah blah blah. Um uh, Joanna. Joanna is another character that continues to be a mystery the more that I the more that I learn about her. Um It's but, not really clear what her role is in in, in my opinion in in yeah. season 2 beyond remember that Tyrell is missing. And right. it it would be so interesting if they kind of gave her a really um like crucial point in Elliot's plot. Um, or in his story arc this season um, because so far it seems like she's just like a reminder that Tyrell's missing and really nothing else so I'm curious to see where this conversation goes um very much so I mean especially considering how the first interaction well I can you can say first interaction because we well is that really their first interaction with each other um but yeah I mean the way that she was with him, the way that he was with her, she was definitely trying to fish a lot of information out of him back then. And, um, you know, I mean, we definitely knew going into this, going into season two, that Joanna would become a more prominent character in the storyline. What that role is, I think we're still, as an audience, um, waiting to see how that will play out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that we find Joanna outside of Elliot's house apartment building the second he's not the second, but you know, as soon as he's out of jail. But right. you know, she is essentially waiting for him as well. So, I mean, it really 
I mean, it, again, just leaves you with a lot of questions like, you know, with him return, you know, getting out, um, him having to get back to F society or, you know, um, maybe essentially working with Joanna on something or, you know, cause, um, Tyrell, I think was saying to Joanna before he, before the cops came and that whole thing with the pickle fork, um, you know, saying <laughs> I was looking at the, I was looking at this all wrong, you know, our answer, I guess, you know, trying to infer that Elliot was their answer to everything. So maybe Tyrell um, contacted Joanna before, mm-hmm. you know, she met up with Elliot, you know, that could be another possibility. And, you know, Elliot's big question is what is stage two and yeah. maybe Tyrell was informed of what that is and then now it's time to move along with it so now that includes joanna go picking him up so i guess we'll, we'll just have to see and i think the biggest knowledge dropped this whole episode i don't know if you called it because i know i didn't was that elliot created stage two um i, I was not prepared for that yeah i mean and I, I guess i i guess it's almost like the reveal the reveal of who was at the door it's kind of like once you get this information it's kind of like well now that i know i guess i shouldn't be surprised to now know that that's really what what the situation was um to find out that stage two was his plan is kind of like of course stage two was elliot's plan um i mean it kind of does make sense that stage two was his plan since elliot is the one that um you know the hack was his idea to begin with so you're thinking, all right, along in that sense, it does make sense that stage two is his plan. Um, but again, trying to figure out what stage two is essentially. I mean, it is possible that he may have told Tyrell. Um, it could to be make possible the preparations. And, yeah, the endless possibilities, and then there's trying. You know, a lot of people trying to figure out what is stage two. And I even remember going through Reddit, and I saw one, one um, kind of metaphor. For for uh, stage two, they were kind of thinking about it. You know, maybe we can think of the whole situation with these stages, probably in relation to cancer. You know, they were talking about stage one was, you know, it's localized and everything. And then stage two is where it's starting to spread out more and more. Um, So I thought that that was an interesting way to kind of um, paint a picture for for what we could probably expect of of stage two Um, because people were thinking also well stage two could be another continuation of the follow-up but then again who knows I mean I mean yeah we know that evil corp was always the main target but now also we're finding out that um you know like why would there why would Elliot make a point to mention that okay we knew what the intentions of Mobley Trenton and all of that and all of them we knew what their intentions were but we didn't know the Dark Army's intentions so could stage two be um related to the Dark Army as well I mean you know because there's there's that constant question of who's playing who yeah. really so, are they really you know, working with each other or is someone manipulating someone else Right, but then again, you know, I guess to say, I guess to even question if stage two is directly is directed to the Dark Army, the Dark Army is even questioning, like, okay, why would he be asking about stage two when stage two is his idea? So, I mean, I think it's probably safe to say that um, the Dark Army knows what stage two is, and again, like everyone, like everyone else, um, I guess around Elliot when he has these uh, blackout moments, it's just like, okay, Earth to Elliot, like, what are you talking about? This was your idea. You know, you're the one that's supposed to be leading us and we're following your lead, okay? Um, right, right. I, yeah. I like that idea of stage two and 
how it kind of ties in with cancer. It's it's definitely really poetic, you know, that Elliot puts on this persona of his dead father who died of cancer, and mm-hmm. then that he's formulating the f- the fall of those involved um, and taking over the world, I guess, or disrupting Earth, like, the world's economy and stuff like that, and you know, using it in such a way or labeling it in, a, in, in such a way that's so deeply personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a uh, um, I mean, that that has to be it. Because if it's not, if it's just like, oh, we just decided on stage two, I'm like, oh, man, that's that'd be so disappointing if it wasn't, you know, connected in that way. But, yeah, who knows? Reddit yeah. knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reddit is definitely on it ever since that, um, the prison theory. Um, which, again, for that, I mean, I, I mean, I would say with that, the breadcrumbs were there, so. Um, right. As the season went on, there, there was... It, they made it more, I guess, obvious, you know, or not as cryptic as where he was. So yeah, I thought that was yeah. that was a nice touch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with stage, yeah, with stage two, um, yeah, that is again another question. What is it? But then it's also I think interesting that Darlene is even asking, you know, what is stage two? Like Darlene doesn't even know, but she's also I think essentially supposed to be the right, you know, Elliot's right hand woman, right, and the whole thing. Um, and she doesn't even know what it is. But then again, there, this isn't the first time that Darlene hasn't been in on what, on what the next move is, because even in season one, she's asking him, can we please hear the plan? What's our next step with this? So, yeah, it's definitely something that, that Elliot, I think is definitely keeping close to him and only telling certain people. Um, so maybe in a sense it's probably not telling Darlene in order to protect her or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who knows? Because you know, because sometimes there there is that whole the less you know the better situation. But right. yeah, it I seems mean, like Elliot might have a direct line to White Rose. Like I think that would be a neat little twist. Like he yeah he catches himself being disconnected and then all of a sudden he's on the phone with white rose and then him and his uh, elliot consciousness starts asking all these questions i think that would be a neat way to get those bridge those two character arcs together so yeah i think so. i think so too I, def- I mean there definitely does seem that there is some direct connection with white rose um and just kind of making you feel like okay how many other times have they spoken with each other um, maybe if not directly face to face on IRC, um, yeah, what else is going Through on Leon. there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, r- wrapping up the show, what are some of your, I guess, expectations going to, um, the final episodes of the season? Um, where do you see, or what are you most excited in, in seeing like, uh, from like characters, like certain interactions being played up again or are you theorizing already like what the season finale is going to be like uh i don't know for me it's really hard for me to come up with theories um i mean i can if anything like i'll just try to go back and keep watching things and then try to piece okay i think okay this thing's gonna happen this thing is gonna happen um that's pretty much um what i did with this episode in terms of Angela with the rubber ducky, because I, I was going back and watching the promo again and I was just, okay, all right, what is that? Th- all right, what is that? Like, what's going to, what's going to be going on with Angela? I'm like, Oh, the rubber ducky's going to come back into play. So that's how she's going to get her information from evil corp. Um, but yeah, theorizing, 
theorizing for me is really hard for this show. I can really only try to watch for the clues and kind of and try to make right. some guesses. But for me to flat out say it as a theory, like this is really going to happen. I don't know. I know. Sometimes I don't want to do that because I know that this show will t- probably t- t- go completely left of that. But then again, I don't mind that the show does that because it will do it brilliantly. Um, but the main thing that I am looking forward to is what is this twist that I've been reading about that's going to be happening with Angela because, um, you know, uh, maybe as far back as Comic-Con and maybe even before that, there has been um, interviews where um, the cast has been saying, oh, you're never, uh, where Portia is saying, you're never going to, no one is going to be able to guess what's going, what's going to go on with Angela. Like there's this big thing with her. And trying to figure out what it is is mostly, I mean, sometimes as much as I want to guess and try to sit there and theorize, I'm just as happy to kind of sit back and just watch it reveal itself. Um, exactly. Like, don't don't get too much, uh, don't put too much, like, effort into thinking about what's going to happen. Just, like, let it, let it happen. I like it. Yeah, but then again, at the same time, I can't really let that go because I'm sitting there, again, watching promos like 500 times or whatever and just trying to say, okay, all right, I'm catching this little this little screenshot of it right here. Here's what I know. Here's what I can guess may happen, What you know, what where this might go, where that might go. Um, yeah, I mean, as much as you want to try and just sit back and just let it play out in front of you, you really can't. You know, you're, that part of your brain just will not let you do that. You're just sitting there and just, all right, this is going to happen here. This is going to happen there. And then, of course, also going on Reddit, too. And some some, you know, some threads I will look through, but then some other ones I'm kind of like, well, I don't know if I want to go and read what this theory is or what this theory is. Because, again, with the prison theory, you're kind of just wondering, well, all right, the breadcrumbs were there to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, again, that um, that that push and pull that you've got going on there so part of it too is you can get so attached to a theory that if it's not what you think it is you can get a little disappointed and that's that's not how to watch a tv show i think for sure (laughs) because you're just gonna be constantly disappointing yourself if it's not what you think it's gonna be right and i think that i know well with the prison theory i know that i i didn't want to jump on board with that one even though I could definitely see the references there, the more that I watched, um, not just season two, but going back and watching season one, whenever they would do marathons of it, and you could see and you and you could pick out some prison references as far back as season one. So you're just all right. Well, in a way that you were just okay. Well, I can see where this theory could be a possibility or could actually end up happening. But then at the same time, you're wondering how will it how will it be revealed or how will sam handle that because you again like you say you kind of can get disappointed and sometimes i guess get stuck in this get stuck in this um idea that every season there's going to be a reveal and everything and i remember reading an interview with sam and they were asking him about that too you know aren't you aren't you um you know, kind of worried now that the show basically every season or maybe every episode fans are going to be looking for that reveal or that twist. And he was saying, well, aren't they doing that already? <laughs> you know, and this was at the time that the that the prison that the prison reveal happened. And, you know, upon reading that upon reading Sam's answer, and it was like, yeah, we were doing that. And we would have been doing that even if the prison theory re- revealed itself to not be so. Right. But again, but the way that Sam handled it, I was like, Okay, 
all right, you can. I mean, I couldn't be mad at him with that, even though I didn't, even though I didn't, I didn't want to get on board with it, but I could see where it was, you know, the references and why Elliot would do that. I mean, again, you know, Sam still has a way of um, keeping me on this ride, <laughs> you know, just because you can try to guess where it's going, but Sam will always throw you for a loop there. And to the point where I'm still like, yep, I'm still on this ride with you. And I just can't wait to see how it's going to play out. And yeah, just yeah. go. Also just going back and watching season one and then go and then jumping into season two to kind of just connect the dots there. Because as Sam has said that with each season, it's kind of like stepping, you know, you're looking at this big picture and you're stepping back each season and the picture's becoming a lot more clearer. So yeah, just looking forward to a lot more of that and all these Easter eggs too. Yeah, I need to, uh, when the season wraps up, I need to do like a full, like little hint, like a little hunt, you know, look for every, every little piece here and there that kind of is almost like a uh, foreshadowing to the rest of the season. It'd be kind of fun to, fun to find those little Easter eggs. Um, definitely a show that, or Sam Esmo's created a show that I feel subverts a lot of people's expectations with each episode. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair to say. And um, with every episode we ask for, we, we just want more and more. And that's what makes this show so special and why it's so popular. And, and it's um, become a phenomenon, really. Um, it, it's it's taking over. It's, season two has been, I think, more, more popular than, than season one in terms of viewership. So um, I really hope that this show really, uh, or the season ends off with a bang. I, I'm looking forward to that big Angela reveal. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't know it was going to be specific to Angela. I thought it was just going to be no one's going to know the season finale. Like, it's too out there. So it's going to be fun to see how they all arrive to that situation. Um, So, yeah, closing out the show, I just wanted to again thank uh, Akira for coming on, taking her time out to chat. And, uh, yeah, did you want to let the audience know where they can find you online for the rest of your opinions and and fun reactions to Mr. Robot? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at HelloFriend. Uh, HelloFriend1 is H3LL0FRI3ND1. Um, it's the whole Mr. Robot fan community that I've been uh, going off like a robot about <laughs> for the past year or so. Um, yeah, and just, uh, yeah, um, you can hit me with uh, your thoughts, your theories, and everything. And yeah, just <laughs> Yeah, it's been a fun ride, and I'm just continue, just excited to see how it's going to play out. <sighs> yeah, I, no, you're no I'm, longer at the edge of your seat. You're you're standing in in, in, uh, in anxiety. Exactly, <laughs> in anxiety. exactly. I can't sit down while watching the show anymore. Um, you can, I mean, yeah, I'm just in front of my TV, kneeling on this tall nightstand, and just okay. Trying to get, trying to take everything in. I, um, I imagine you like slowly leaning closer and closer to the TV, and like one day you're just gonna fall into the TV and you're gonna become part of the universe for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but yeah, that is essentially how it is. I'm just, I'm yeah, I'm just there, turning my head, leaning in closer, and <sighs> yeah, <laughs> but it's fun viewing though. But it actually is funny. Um, I'm tweeting about tweeting that. I'm to the point, where, again, where I'm standing in front of the TV and pacing, and other people were replying to back to that, too. They were like, yep, that's me, too. 
So everyone uh, is is on pins and needles when they watch this show for sure. And um, yeah, um, Kira's a good follow. Um, you got she posts a lot of uh, Mr. Robot news and um, articles and opinion pieces from other people. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's great that you came on. And um, again, thanks. And um, uh, you can find me online at I'm Salzy. I am S A L Z Y. You can follow the show at Cena Nerd S C. E N E letter N N E R D, and um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And please go to the gww.com to read about all our geeky opinions on comics, games, TV shows, and more. Another show that we wanted to mention is our a new show that we're uh, seeing a nerd is presenting. It's called Ode to Entertainment. Right now, um, they are covering season one of Young Justice. So if you're a fan of the DC animated universe and you want to know more about Young Justice? Like I am actually rewatching season one, and following them because um, they speak so passionately about it. Yeah, can't wait to hear more from them. Right now, they're on episode two, so be sure to check them out. And uh, with that, I'm going to say good night and thanks for listening. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at the GWW.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks, assemble!